need to text me more often. Oh, oh sure. Well, okay, so here's, uh, you know, during COVID and, and whatever else, we record our show remotely. Mm. And one of the ways that we do it is using uh, is using our cell phones. Right. Um, and I always call you, <laughs> you lazy bum. And the way that I do it is by, like, the way that I typically call anyone, unless it's like, Unless it's like a weird out of the box, oh, I haven't talked to this person in years type of phone call, mm. is I I open my text messages and I scroll down to whatever point in the last week or two that that I texted that person, okay. um, and and I just click the click the thing and I call <laughs> them. <laughs> Did you know every week when I go to call you, I have to scroll back to the beginning of February? <laughs> it's okay. now the end of May. Right. I mean, we do all of our, we do most of our correspondence through Messenger. Clearly. I was just going to say, because like, <laughs> that's funny, because I guess just the actual, if we're getting nitpicky, yeah, like the actual text messages, it's probably been a coon's age, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. we just use other. And we used to we used to text more. I don't know what's happened. We used to text more often. I, I mean, it's, I don't know if it really matters. We're still communicating. Well, well I mean, it matters to Mark Zuckerberg. And he's, I guess it matters. And I guess it matters winning. for the ease of you calling me. So I will yeah. send you just even a text to be like, "Hey, check your uh, check your Facebook Messenger, you bum." Yeah, just like you know, just like once a day when you get up or whatever, just. <laughs> Shoot me a text, like, good yeah. morning. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to the show. Um, we are the it's... Movie Men podcast. Mm-hmm. Only because we weren't quick enough on the ball to call ourselves the Disney dudes, but mm. that's, um, you know, it's a shame. Yeah. There's Maybe someday we'll, we'll kind of do a cross stream and do something else. I don't know. Sorry, did you did you say maybe Sunday? Maybe someday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or I this got excited. Or this Sunday, I guess. Like, I don't... Okay. Yeah, all right. Well. Sure. All right. I'll mark my calendar. <laughs> uh yeah. But yeah, welcome to the show, everyone. We've got uh uh an episode this week. We're continuing our series on the Batman cinematic world i guess you'd call it so we're just reviewing all the different batmans and reviewing them as they came out chronologically and this is the Mm -hmm. next chapter today where we're doing the obviously as the title indicates the 1995 batman forever and and we're doing it because outside of the christopher nolan films you hadn't seen any of them right yep that's right so there's like a it's a it's an exploratory mission for you. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. So do you want to just should we just jump right in? Sure. I I do have some trivia. I I mean with this it feels weird. You'll probably know it or you'll be like, well, a that's wrong, and b and then you'll give me the right answer. But I will still <laughs> try to stump you, and then even if I don't stump you, maybe the audience will be like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, fun fact. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously, as we find out in this episode, there is a Robin. There's a, a Robin, and there mm. was an actor who played the Robin, quite obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was considered for Robin? So I'm going to give you, like, four names, and it's actually 
are like three are real. So like three people were considered and then one is like a fake. I, I, I want you to see if you can spot the fake one. Okay. Okay. So you, you see where I'm going with this. So. Yep. Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Okay. Listen. <laughs> Besides those two who were considered. Okay. Right, besides the obvious. <laughs> I'm just getting images of, like, Sean Connery from this film, like, doing backflips at the circus and just, like... Hey, man, you can CGI, you can do anything now. <laughs> I don't know if you could in 95, though. Uh, well, we would have for- we would have forgave it. We would have been like, yeah, oh, but yeah. it's Sean Connery <laughs> in tights. That's- yeah. <laughs> just what we need. Uh, okay. So, three real, one fake. So, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale. Keanu Reeves. So, considered for Robin, three real, one fake. Huh. Um, okay. Run them by me again. You bet. Leonardo DiCaprio. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Christian mm. Christian Bale. Mm. Keanu Reeves. Okay. Let's break this down. Do it. So both Ewan McGregor and uh and Leo DiCaprio okay. are sort of fan favorites on our show. They're sort of reoccurring themes. Oh, yeah. yep. We talk about them a lot. We enjoy them. We sure do. Um Christian Bale is interesting for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves. Huh. Um, hmm. I don't... Oh, gosh. I don't even know where to... <laughs> so, Take I mean, it. Leo... You gotta take a Leo shot in the was, dark. was sort of had was had just done Romeo and Juliet or was like coming mm. off of Romeo and Juliet. Or yeah, or I think actually about um, to go into because that might have been well, maybe about to go into it. Regardless, right around there. What the hell was Christian Bale up to? <laughs> Mer- what was Ewan McGregor up to? He was still four years <laughs> away from Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah. Christian Bale was like doing the voice in Pocahontas. Um, right. Keanu Reeves was, I, I don't know, I guess just starring in Sandra Bullock movies about buses that are on the run or something. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with um, The Outlier, the one that it wasn't. Yep. I'm going to go with. Christian Bale. Okay. According to my sources, it was actually Keanu Reeves was the outlier. So for Robin, for for Robin, Leonardo DiCaprio was considered, McGregor was considered, Bale was considered, and apparently they dropped some names here. Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, Jude Law were all considered as well. Keanu Reeves was apparently, and you might know more about this, considered, quote unquote, for Bruce Wayne, amongst others but uh not for robin so 
I right. I don't know about Leo. I, I'm I'm trying to picture it, and you know much of of a fan I am for DiCaprio. And actually, I think it would have been okay. The oh more sure. I'm, the more I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um, sure. Some other quick things that I just want to rip by. Um, yeah. A cor- apparently, and confirm if this is true or not. But I read that Michael Jackson lobbied quite hard for the role of the Riddler, but was turned down. Yeah, Michael Jackson has a uh, a history of wanting to be wanting to just play characters in movies and and like really <laughs> going after roles and famously getting shot down, like laughed out oh. of the room. Oh, really? Wow. That's unfortunate. Uh, something other juicy it, thing. What's that? I just said, is it? <laughs> like, I mean, what what, cin- what film are you thinking to yourself? You know what this is missing? You know what route they could have gone? Should have. Should have gone. Listen. I just... I hear what you're saying. I'm definitely not going. You know, this is missing a little bit of that. I'm just not I, Schindler's I, List. I, no, almost, geez. almost a masterpiece. Almost. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I just, I you know, I'm just trying to tiptoe around being polite, and there's yeah, yeah. when people yeah. have passed away and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> so Warner Brothers, as you know, uh, bypassed Burton for this ep, and yeah, uh, apparently Sam Raimi to some degree was considered. Is that true or false? Like I'm asking true. you, uh, that's what I read, and yeah. you're confirming it's that true. it's true. Okay, yeah, yep. wow. Um, I mean, if that had been, I wonder if we would have had Tobey Maguire be Batman. I don't know. <laughs> or, or well, I mean, maybe not. Um, but you may not have gotten a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man series. Oh, okay. Just depending on sure. you know if 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 right. they said, you know, maybe it's. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows, Who knows what having, yeah. you know, some six, seven years prior to doing Spider-Man, yep. who yep. knows what a a different trip into the world of comic comic book movies could have done. Yeah. And there's even the typecast issue of someone saying, hey, you know, Toby, y- you know, you were just Batman like four or five years ago. We're going to have to get a fresh face for this. So, yeah, that's interesting. That really would have had a ripple effect. Poten- potential. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, just in general, Sam Raimi might not have done it either. Oh, I see that as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, potentially. Right? He may yeah. have been comic book fatigued by that point. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Well, I'm, I'm so. glad. That's a little scary to me. I, I, You know how I love me some Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. Yeah, especially, yeah. No, I know. You're like... <laughs> Your poster of Topher Grace as as oh, okay. Eddie Brock on the. I love I love Sam Raimi's two part series of Spider Man. It's so good. Two, part, yeah, yeah, the the yeah the two part parter. Yeah, part one and two. <laughs> All right, yeah. So yeah, let's let's get into it. Okay, I have a piece of trivia for you. I I'm oh I'm ready. Fantastic. Um... So, which, okay, so in this film you have two villains. Sure. Carrying on the tradition from Batman Returns. Um, Right, you do, yep. 
and uh, played by Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. True. This was their first time working together. Okay. And Tommy Lee Jones loved working with Jim Carrey so much that he tried to get Jim Carrey a role in which film? <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Men in Black 2. <laughs> yeah. The Fugitive. And so specifically Men in Black 2? Two. two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so that or The Fugitive. Okay. Fugitive or uh, The Man of the House, the one where he's uh, he's a cheerleader. Right. Or he's, a, he's like a U.S. <laughs> Marshal right. type thing. I got to go Men in Black 2 just because no matter how much you like someone, I just don't see Jim Carrey, the way he's perceived by some or especially at that time, I don't see people having him to sign up in a thriller murder mystery like The Fugitive at that time. I'm not saying Jim Carrey couldn't do it. I'm just saying um, I'm not sure people would have bought on. So I'll go I'm, I'll go that he fought for Men in Black 2 to have him join on. Trick question. Oh, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> hated oh, working with Jim Carrey. Oh, oh, wow. Thought that Jim's personality, his comedy sensibilities, it was agony working with him. And oh, he swore wow. that he would never, ever work with, speak to, be in the same room as Jim Carrey ever again. Have they ever patched it up to this day? That's insane. I I mean why would you? I I don't know. I mean but yeah. It's Jim like, Carrey. You know. Oh. So, here's a question for you. Yeah. I had mm. not a trivia. We're we're past trivia. Yes. Um I so I had alluded in the past. Um the last time we spoke, I said, "Yeah, you know, Warner Brothers got some cold feet and um and wanted to go in a less dark less violent direction this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, enter the departure of <laughs> Tim Burton. Yeah. Um, and then subsequently Michael Keaton. Um, insert sad emoji. Insert Joel Schumacher as the director. Right. Uh, and what is effectively a toy commercial a a two-hour toy commercial um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, here's what's here's what's bizarre here's what's bizarre to me and and unfortunate in a lot of ways mm. if i said to you going into this zero context if i said hey pete uh uh when i come over tonight i'm bringing a movie for us to watch sure and you say sweet what are we watching and i said well uh I'm not going to tell you what it is, um, but I'll tell you who's in it. And you say, okay, okay. And I say Val Kilmer mm. from Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nicole Kidman. Mm. From Tom, Tom Cruise's wedding. From, yeah. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Right. Oh, like from the movie where there's an old man yelling at kids on his lawn. Okay. Yep. Um, Jim Carrey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Yes. Yeah, that kind of snuck um, in there. 
Yeah, and I'd be like, and uh, yeah, so that's that's what we're gonna watch. It's incredible. What would your, what would your thought be about this film? Uh, I. I'll tell you what my thought was when I literally was watching the credits, because I, I knew this. I had an awareness, but it was almost comical, like a big name would come across in letters on the screen and then another and another and another. And it just didn't let up. Like it was just like kept right. hitting you in the face. And yeah, I yeah, I, I think I would have been surprised that it, back to your scenario here. I would have been surprised once you pop the DVD in, thinking, "Oh, like a superhero movie to have all these films." I probably would have thought like maybe yeah. some, maybe like a nineteen nineties version of like Love Actually or something. Sure, sure. Not this turd. Um, what of a film? <laughs> what you, you you wouldn't expect this turd of a film to. Uh, <laughs> be what played on the tv okay listen so you don't like this batman forever you don't wow that is okay well no no no. okay so hang on batman wow. forever oh my goodness is not a train wreck <laughs> when looking at the batman franchise as a whole sure. when comparing it to what's yet to come batman forever is not that bad when simply comparing it to Batman and Batman Returns, mm. it leaves a great deal to be desired. Oh wow! Yeah, is is my you yep. know? Yep. So tell, yep. T- talk to me. You'd never seen this film before. You're you're kind of moving through your yeah your yeah you're, you're fleshing out your lexicon of <laughs> Batman movies, <laughs> right? Um, and uh and yeah you sit down you watch this Mm -hmm. and what are your thoughts well so i'll i'll bounce it back to last episode a bit so when i watched uh when we watched and reviewed obviously the batman returns i i was I was disappointed with Batman Returns. I, I just really was. It di- I didn't enjoy it as much as you did. I didn't enjoy it as a lot of Batman fans do enjoy it. Like, it's got a reputation, so I feel like I'm maybe a bit of an outlier. So I was disappointed with the last installment. And in my mind, I thought we had hit rock bottom. I was like, okay, there. this is it. Nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. And... One more thing about Batman Returns. I don't think I will ever need to watch it again. I'm not saying I won't, but I can't foresee myself at this point in my life ever sitting down being like, you know what? I think I need to watch... You know what I'm craving? Yeah. 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 When I watched Batman Forever, I was pleasantly surprised. What is happening? Okay. After some time, I could see myself potentially... Potentially. The mood would have to be right and, like, everything would have to align. But I could see myself potentially watching Batman Forever again. Not in the same (sighs) level. Not in the same level as, like, Christian Bale, like, the two Christian Bale Batman movies, one and two, where I, you know, maybe once every couple years I'll watch them. Not in that territory, but I could absolutely see myself watching Batman Forever again someday. Or if someone was, like... If there was, like, that specific person that, for some reason, I felt the need to watch it with them. And, again, it would have to be really specific. But I could see myself watching it again. You know, you hit on it. It's star-studded. You know, 
it's it's a comic book movie, so it's silly, it's fun, it's got some ups and downs. But I there were some good performances by these actors, and again, not my favorite that I've seen so far, but it was passable. The villains weren't perfect, but we'll get into this. But Jim Carrey just pulls his dang weight, and he he is he's he's a uh, he's the MVP of this movie. He for sure. is insanely good. And there's, I I found there were some decent supporting roles. Nicole Kidman was good. Robin was decent. Yep. Alfred was decent. Yep. And you know what? It's still another chapter in the Bruce Wayne journey. And I didn't mind Val Kilmer. So, I mean, all these things together, there was just something about Batman Returns that just didn't hit it for me. There's something that was just more passable and not unenjoyable to this chapter. So, for some reason, it clicked. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely I mean, it's it's more it feels more like something pulled from the pages of a comic book. Um, Okay, yeah, just because of the colors and like, you know, there's there's you've got like the neon gang all of a sudden, which uh, so much so much of this film feels like a intentional contrast to Tim Burton, mm. right? You've got these bright, bright colors. Um, right. Yep. A very lively, in a lot of ways, a very lively city. Still a weird city, like, architecturally and stuff. Sure. Um, but a very lively city versus Tim Burton's Gotham, mm. um, which is far more... Uh, well, gothic and and yep. dark and desolate and gray, um, yeah, you know, it's like I said, there's there's f- there's crap to come. Um, <laughs> I ultimately, for me, Batman Forever kind of kind of like walks the line of <laughs> what I love. Mm. And and what I hate, um, not even hate, but what is just clearly bad, mm. and and it's 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 weird. It falls into this. I don't think that Batman Forever is a good movie. I don't. Sure. sure. Um, I think it's it's for a lot of reasons. I think it's got screwy dialogue. I think. Tommy Lee Jones clearly completely phoned in his performance. Just did not want to be there. Basically was like, you know, a character that has the ability to have so much depth. Yeah. Um, I think he basically looked at Jack Nicholson's Joker performance and said, okay, I can do that. Um, because that's, that's, it feels like he's just doing a Jack Nicholson Joker impression a lot of the time. And um, I, while you're on that, I won't agree or deny what you're stating about Jack, or sorry, <laughs> about Tommy Lee Jones, whether he added or took away from the role at all. But I will say, just as I, I will point out whether he did that or not, whether he phoned it in or not, I feel like there was some things that were a little bit, a little bit, he, he, he had a bit of a glass ceiling. He could only do so much because... As far as, like, backstory, like, his backstory was confined to, like, literally 
a 30 second news segment that someone was watching on TV. And by 30 seconds, oh, sure. it, was, it was more like 10 seconds. You know what I mean? So again, the only two face that I know is from the dark Knight. So I, I'm just going to say this and it, it could be wrong with the comics or not aligned with that. But at least with that two face, you get some screen time with him before, during and after of him kind of transitioning. So you get more of, there's more potential built into the actual written role for the actor to work with as with this, like the Tommy Lee Jones is just kind of thrown in and we're just kind of like, okay, this is him, I guess. But right, so the uh, the origin story in this for um for Two Face is more in line with sort of a traditional comic book origin for for Two Face. Mm. Okay. Acid, it like the acid in the face, right? And the, you know, and yep. and and visually more, you know, sort of this like cartoony either purple or often in like the animated series gray but like this very like very distinct line down his face Mm, um you know and and this like very clear talking to himself split personality right he's a batman he's a villain he's a he's a he's a superhero villain right and and so he he is one of the more theatrical villains for sure Sure. Um, just in his his demeanor and and stuff like that. Um, new Batman theme. So the Batman theme has changed. Oh yeah, that's right. That is a whole whole new soundtrack. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You're you're a soundtrack guy. I am a soundtrack guy. You know, I definitely did enjoy the not Michael Keaton, um, the Tim Burton. Uh, theme yeah, that we, Danny Elfman, yeah, yeah, that we were just really kind of introduced to, and you know, it it, it really. This one wasn't bad. It just didn't have any moments that you really got behind, or that you really um, could kind of hang your hat on, or say, "Ooh, like this is this is something I'll walk out of the theater humming." Um, so I think it's just kind of neutral for me. It wasn't bad. wasn't uh, wasn't uh, as good as what we've seen, or what is is as good as what we will see in the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, okay. That's I mean, sure. Um <laughs> what? I, what? I, what? I I don't I don't like Hans Zimmer's Batman score. Uh, um yeah. But um and new Batmobile. Whole new Batmobile. Right. So this is the toy I grew up with. We've we've come to it at last. Yes. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um and so it's I like I like it f- just because it's nostalgic. Sure. Um and I mean that's kind of where, you know, <laughs> that's kind of where it di- like my allegiance lies with with Michael Keaton's Batmobile. Well, and um, even from a technicality perspective, like this Batmobile literally just has a resting like a constant flame out the back. And other than that, like it's no different than a black car for, you know, for essentially what we see like I felt in the previous two films, it was like every other scene where some kind of pinch Batman would be in and this car would have a a mechanism to kind of get him out of it. Like, you know, the car uh, was almost a character. The car was almost a character. Like every other scene, he was doing something that like, hey, someone's going to hit it with a baseball bat. Someone's going to shoot me or shoot a rocket at me. You know, like all these different things. It's like, oh, there's a button for that. There's a mechanism for that. Literally in this film, it, it had the flame. It was kind of cool, but it was just uh, it just got people from A to B, and that's that was its feature. Right. 
Um, a couple of questions for you. Um, what are your thoughts on opening suit up montages where we focus in on like butts and stuff for (laughs) seemingly no reason? So I I mean, it was for completely no reason. I was just at a loss. Um, There were two things in this film that I put under the category, did this just happen? was a one-liner by Batman when Master, or sorry, uh, Alfred was asking Master Wayne, you know, would you like some food? Would you like something to eat? Yeah. And then he says, Can, can I can I at least convince you to take a sandwich with you? Yeah. Sir? And then he's like, I'll get drive through And I'm like, Yeah, no thanks. Kay. I'll get drive through Okay. Uh, like, no, like, that's not even funny. Like, it was definitely a setup line. Like, come on. And then the other thing was definitely the pat, bat suit buttock zoom in that i just was really scratching my head going oh okay that i guess that just happened all right um what about the deeper exploration of of bruce's psyche and him sort of not being the the you know not being the most well put together toy in the toy chest you know i i don't know if i this is the most well done segment or the most connected or, you know, fleshed out storyline I've ever seen. But you know what? I commend them for trying because it's 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 a way to try and add an, a layer and an element to a comic book character. And I, I commend them for trying. And, I mean, it was similar. We've seen some kind of repressed things, like, again, in The Dark Knight where... Uh, Christian Bale has flashbacks like falling in a cave and like things his dad said to kind of help him. This was kind of along the same lines of like some origin story that was, you know, in this case, repressed dreams and kind of him trying to work through it. And you know what? I'm there for it. I'd rather them try something like this and maybe it not being the best uh, executed story element, but at least they tried and it wasn't just kind of the same old one dimensional superhero line. So I, I was okay with it. Uh, I'm there for that. Uh, okay. Now, okay. what if I told you <laughs> that there was originally a lot more shot hmm. and that there was the original cut of the film goes much deeper into exploring Bruce's psyche is a much darker film, much different tonally. Hmm. Um, and that it was um, altered, was told that it needed to be altered by Warner Brothers who, who still wanted it to be a little cheesier a little campier a little go- like you know, this is a kids movie let's sell this to kids <laughs> right um and that that again maybe not entirely finished but certainly less work would need to be done than was needed to be done to the snyder cut that there is a schumacher cut that is um either assembled or easily assemblable um sitting in the warner brothers vault somewhere 
So I did briefly read about this Schumacher cut, and I didn't read enough to comment on how legit, you know, like how actual much of a cut it was, like if it's sitting in a room or, you know, it just needs to be assembled. But I was aware that there was a lot of cut footage that could be put into a, a longer, more fleshed out version of the story. I'm, you know what, I would have been interested to see that. I mean, both for the change in tone, which would have been a contrast to the, the time that it came out. Uh, what was acceptable for kind of campy superhero movies in the 90s. And I, I definitely would have been there for kind of this kind of uh, repressed, kind of deeper, psychologically troubled Batman and just having that kind of explored. So, I, you know, I'd be there for that. I'd, I I don't have as high expectations as, like, say, the Snyder Cut, but I would pay money to see that. The one thing, the one hesitation I do have, and confirm whether this is true or not, this is just what I read, apparently to some degree whether it was in there or just thought to be in there, but for this cut, for this, from a scene that was cut from this, there was a scene where Batman fought a human-sized bat. And I don't know if I'm there for that, to be quite honest, just out of corniness. Um, There's an image on the internet of him face-to-face with a human-sized bat, um, but it's also like with a completely black background. So the image kind of seems like maybe a in his head, um, like a, like a, it would be like a, a physicalization visual of him mentally wrestling with something. Um, I, d- I don't know. I can tell you, and I don't know if this is this one and the same or if it's in any way related. There is, um, there in the comics in Batman's rogue gallery, there is um, there is a, a a villain called Man Bat, Doctor Kirk <laughs> Langstrom, okay. um, who yeah who you know is a scientist and he experiments on himself at one point uh, and basically turns himself into a a human sized bat. Dang. Um, and uh yeah and so that's i mean that's you know that's yeah, that that's i mean that would be kind of in line with that kind of uh storyline that was the repressed dream storyline so that makes sense I, again i don't know if i need that image i'm not sure if i'm there no. for that but. yeah i don't know yeah um yeah so what uh what else you got written on your paper there what else i have written so just the villains with two-face you know, I, I would agree. I'm not sure if I dislike Tommy Lee Jones specifically. I'm not a Tommy Lee Jones apologist, but I, I don't know if I want to chase him out of town. But I definitely was watching his role and his character, and I was going, like, who is he? Like, I, I know his name. I know what he's doing. But, like, who is he and why should I care? And there were just wasn't as much depth as the other Two-Face that I've seen other than that news clip. And I touched on this in my intro contrastly or in contradiction the riddler was amazing and this is great i could not care less about the riddler as a comic book character but just jim carrey in his true form just brought that character to life from what the the very first second he was on screen till the end of the film he was incredible oh yeah i i have been known in my day-to-day you know, day-to-day conversations to use the term joygasm um, <laughs> as a re- as a result of this movie. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it his 
his portrayal. Now I'm really looking forward to Paul Dano's uh, performance as the Riddler in the Batman, and it's it's obviously it's going to be a much much different portrayal. Oh yeah. Um, and so you know this this Riddler was maybe a little less um, mastermind. A little less true genius. I mean, he comes up with his technology that is clearly, you know, he's a genius. Um, but a little less, like, devious. A little less fixated on puzzles than mm. maybe I would like him to be. Um, but for what the portrayal is, it's uh, he's over the top and he's fun and he's, he's crazy and he, you know... Um, yeah, it's 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 just a it's a total blast and and a fun ride anytime he's on screen and wa- watching kind of his transformation with the the orange hair and then the, mm, you know the yep. the eventually the true proper like comic accurate spandex suit. Um, hmm. It's just it's so good. It's so good. I have to say it was quite a surprise because I was aware who he played, but I just had no interest in the Riddler. And I'm not like I I'm a mediocre Jim Carrey fan. I just appreciate him, but I'm not a super fan by any means. But just, yeah, it it was just a a situation of me appreciating good art. And I'll call it art because it was an artist in the form of an actor portraying a role. And it's just I think that's the biggest accomplishment that me, a fan who did not care about the Riddler, was just so fascinated by his role and portrayal of the Riddler. I think again, just kudos to that. That was great. Well, and it's it's clearly a performance from the golden era of Jim Carrey. Correct. Like, yeah. You, you can t- like this was him in the Ace Ventura days. This is him yep. on his on the ball, bringing his A game. Yep. Um, yeah. Something we haven't seen in a long time, with the exception of Sonic, which is like the one saving grace. What made Sonic so special is mm. that it was like, oh my god, it's it's like nineteen nineties Jim, <laughs> right? Right. Oh. Um, gadgets. The only thing I really, really, really enjoyed that I got a hoot out of was uh, Bruce Wayne sitting in his office chair, having that little pod that he slipped into to like slide yep. down to the Batcave. Was I was a fan of that. And the only thing like a, I'll touch... Like across the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. I don't... And How do you install that? I Listen, when you're a billionaire, things happen. Things, yeah. <laughs> and the only other thing I'll touch on is the peripheral characters. So we've got the same Alfred, which is fine. Um, we've I got love him. I love him so much. <laughs> I know you do. He, we've is, got, he is my Alfred. With the exception of the fair. only Alfred I like more. That's fair. The only Alfred I like more than Michael Gao is um, the Alfred from the TV series Gotham. Hmm. That man is incredible. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, uh, we've got the same commissioner who was there for about like one scene. Uh, and actually it was mainly just to like be a kind of a ruin a romantic rendezvous scene. Um, we've got Nicole Kidman who, you know, I liked in this and I, I was a little, I think she grew a bit more in her ability to be more of her own peripheral character. But at the beginning, just around Batman, she, she was almost like a cat in heat. It was a little embarrassing. Um, she's, yeah, she was like, 
super professional psychiatrist, yeah. except she's got a thing for bats. Yeah. She just wants Batman so bad. And it's like, <laughs> uh, like it just, it, it kind of made her character very stereotypical, very two dimensional. And like, was almost insulting to like, just made her a, sort of a weak, pathetic, throw herself at the hero kind of character. I I would agree completely, and I feel like that she got like her character got away from that as the movie went on, but it was a little little disappointing at the beginning that that's all she was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and then the, into the category, I can't believe you just said that around one of these wooing Batman scenes with Nicole, Kid- Nicole Kidman, Val Kimmer said, "It's the car, right? Chicks dig the car." Yeah. Uh, and finally, the last person, Robin. Uh, you know what? I didn't mind Robin. I, I don't know who the actor is. Uh, not familiar with him. But at least, at least, unlike Two Face, at least Robin had some backstory that I was interested in, and that I at least cared about, and had some motivation for why he wanted revenge, and I got to live through that and get motivated by that. Uh, you know, completely just sign of the times with that earring, like it was just screaming 1995. Yeah. But it is yeah. what it is. It is what it is. I mean, yeah, they went with an older Robin here. Um, typically, sure. Robin is a kid in the comics. Um, but for, I mean, for obvious reasons, they uh, they were just able to give him a lot more depth. Um, the problem with a comic-accurate Robin in a film is you all of a sudden have to call into question the appropriateness of... You know, this guy taking a 13-year-old boy to beat up criminals on rooftops. And like, <laughs> right. you're yeah. like, holy, let's get let's get children's aid involved here. Let's, uh, right. yeah, let's report this guy. Because, yeah, so I, <laughs> but I do, I like him. Um, I definitely had a, his, the actor's name is Chris O'Donnell. I oh, definitely cool. had a Chris O'Donnell Robin action figure as a kid, hands mm. down. Um yeah, he's he's you know it's a, it's it's a good it's a good portrayal, um, and there's a really great. Did you did you catch the the nod to the Adam West Batman movies in this? No. So when they first land on, it's one of the best line. It makes me laugh every single time, and a lot of people. It like it goes over their head. A lot of people don't get this. Hmm. Um, when they first land on the island thing, island base of Riddler and Two Face, okay. And Robin says to Batman, uh, "Holy rusted metal, Batman!" Oh, okay. And yeah. Batman says, "What?" And right. he says, "The ground." It's got holes in it and then like stomps and you can hear that it's like metal. And so it's like, it, yeah, it's, it's just, it is a, yeah. it's a fun, it's clearly a fun nod to the sixties Batman. Interesting. That definitely went over my head. And now that you're saying it, it's definitely the, the switch has gone off. That's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. What do you think about the fact that, um, Batman spends the whole movie lecturing dick grayson about not killing two-face he sure does and then he does something that i don't know what outcome aside from two-face dying could 
Bruce have been expected. Right. And does it right in front of Robin? Like, what are your... That's always that's always confused me and kind of rubbed mm. me the wrong way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. No. Did, did that... Did that was did that stick out to you or was it just uh eh? I mean no it didn't really stick out I guess it's just one of those things where it's in a lot of movies it's always the revenge isn't the way to go look what happened to me it scarred me learn from me don't follow my mistakes and then usually nine times out of ten th- whoever the person in question is usually gets killed the bad guy the villain whatever it is and it just it seems that nothing really like there's some moral high ground that somehow someone gets to rest on and it's just kind of a oh that seems a bit of a cop-out so i'm not really surprised by what we saw i mean i yeah i i'm not surprised just the cinematic the cinematic routine or uh template it it is what it is that's fair okay but i Uh, but i see what you're saying like i do think it's hypocritical or a little kind of uh raises an eyebrow well, yeah, I mean, like, because then they, they kind of cut in on Robin, and Robin's got this, like, what the actual shit, Batman, <laughs> kind of, like, look on his face, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, <laughs> I think in the director's uh, cut, that's actually what he says. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the in the Sh- Schumacher cut. Schumacher, Schumacher cut. Release the Schumacher cut, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No, that's all I got. Just the scores. Cool. Zero to ten, sir. So, I gave this a 6.1 on my scale. So, that falls into the category of, like, I wouldn't see it in theaters, but I would, you know, I'd put some effort into watching it. Um, and, like I said, I would maybe watch it again. Potentially. Right. If the If the tea leaves line up. On Marshall's if, scale... Uh, if there was a... If there was, like, a, <laughs> you know... If you were, if there was in the bin of, uh, this Blu-ray was rented out like 200 times and now we're selling it for like $4, you might pick it up for $4. That's completely it. They got, I would definitely pay to rent it and I would maybe like, if it was the in-betweener, it's like, oh, it's only $2 more to buy it than to rent it. I'd say, sure. What the heck? I think someday I'll watch it again. Right. Okay. Uh, On Marshall's scale, I gave it a six. So a 6.1 or a six, regardless how you cut it. It's very similar. I use an alternative rating scale that's a little bit more down to earth. That's just a number out of 10. My scale, it's very hanky janky about how much effort I want to put into seeing a film. Marshall scale, it's just plain and simple, a 6 out of 10. But no matter how you cut it, a 6.1 or a 6. And Mar- for context, Marshall oh, scale is the way that most of us rank movies. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, for context, this is the second highest ranked Batman film we've watched. Right. The first being the first. Uh, well, the second, I guess. The, the first, first Tim Burton. The first being the 1989. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. What? I'm curious what you give it. Uh, I give it I give it a 7 out of 10. Um, oh, okay. Which yeah. is lower than the last two I've given. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely higher than the 60s one definitely higher than the next one um sure but yeah it's seven out of ten you know and i'd be lying if i said that i didn't think that a lot of that score was a nostalgia factor um oh for sure you know even though by the time i was like seven or eight 
you know, both like this film was out and obviously so were the Tim Burton ones. I was probably allowed to watch, like I became familiar with this one and the next one first just Mm. because they were more friendly to the age that I was. Oh, I see. Sure. You know, so I kind of have that, you know, in my, yeah. So, cool. yeah. Uh, I'm so excited, man. <laughs> I don't have to ask you the question. I used to love asking you. And sure. now anytime I ask you, I just feel like, you mm. know, oh, well, could have been, could have been better. Could've um, better. take it away, Andrew. Hi guys. This is Andrew from Jakarta. This week I watched The Woman in the Window. It was interesting while it lasted. What did you watch this week? All right. Uh, I haven't seen that. In fact, the only Alfred Hitchcock movie I've seen is Vertigo, which you made me watch. Right, right. So, as Andrew said, maybe you wouldn't pick up on the kind of the subtle hints of, you know, Hitchcock nods or references that this movie was kind of paying homage to or what have you. But I, yeah. I haven't seen Woman in the Window either. I, I'm I'm looking at the cast and Amy Adams, Julianne Moore, Gary Oldman, and Anthony Mackie. I'm I don't even like even bef- I didn't know I, I didn't look this movie up, but now that Andrew has recommended it, or at least said he sorry, he hasn't recommended it, but you know, he's he's seen it and I'm looking at the cast, I'm like, hey, I'm I might pop this on sometime. It looks good. Twenty twenty window. The woman in the window. Something's not right. So it wasn't... Der- Wait. It's... Something's not right. No. Uh. What? I'm going to try to pay... Oh, okay. Pay- yeah, right. Okay. Pays homage to Rear Window, which is a uh, okay. So this, yeah, this isn't an Alfred Hitchcock movie, right. clearly, because it just came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm on board. Um, cool. Yeah, cool. Why 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 did Andrew ask us that question? Oh, you you want to know why? Well, I well I asked. <laughs> we have this thing that will perpetually be open. That you can, you, the audience, the listener, can send us a message on Facebook Messenger, the audio clip, or an audio clip through email, where you tell us your name, where you're from, and what you watched that week, and what you thought about that film, and then you ask us what we watched, and it's a way for you to get on the show, and currently, it's a way for you to have a free entry into our draw, where we're giving away three $10 gift cards uh, at the moment, there are three $10 iTunes gift cards, but if you win and iTunes isn't your thing, we'll swap it out. Don't worry about that. Uh, but it's a draw that we're having. So if you if you send us an audio clip, you're automatically entered. And if you support us on Patreon, you are also automatically entered. Yeah, I mean, iTunes isn't my thing, so don't sweat it. Which is completely fine. Yeah. Uh, so what did you watch? So, I next week, I might s- follow suit with what Andrew watched, I, I need to make time to watch The Woman in the Window. I'm curious to watch that. But what I watched this week is I watched a 2011 film with Kate Winslet called, I had it here, Carnage. 
It's called Carnage. It had Kate Winslet. Hmm. Uh, uh, who else did it have? Oh, my God. George, oh, my goodness. I am so bad with names. I'll jump back to this. I watched the third Lord of the Rings. Uh, I finally finished the extended 4K edition of Lord of the Rings. And, uh, yeah, yeah, not much to say. We'll review it someday. Maybe I'll get more into the meat potato, meat and potatoes of it. But, um, yeah, the it's... Lord of the, uh, Ring, the third Lord of the Rings, that is the way to do... Don't give me... Don't give me alternate endings as a DVD bonus feature. Just friggin' just stack them in there. Show me ending after ending after <laughs> ending after ending, and let me decide. Let me go. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I hear. I hear you. That that I remember that being the the, uh, the case when I saw it almost twenty years ago, and it hasn't changed. So no, uh, so many it, endings. It's got like it's six. Still, Still a still a very cool movie, very strong trilogy. Uh, will be a very interesting film series to tackle when we review it, just to separate the fact from the nostalgia. But it was fun fin- finishing that trilogy in 4K. Absolutely loved there, it. There is, and we will talk about this when we do Lord of the Rings on the show, which sure. we will. We're talking. Oh. To, we're talking about Christmas. I think. I think we're talking oh, yeah. about like Christmas. Yeah, or leading up to, or some such. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's two amazing moments. Yeah. That just give me chills. Sure. Um. And you know what? All, every film, every Lord of the Rings film has an amazing Sam moment. Like my my favorite oh, moments yeah. from each film always include Sam. Like sure. in 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 Fellowship of the Ring. It's where he's Sam who can't swim chases mm. after Frodo right at the end and and you know he gets in the boat and he's crying and he's like you know Gandalf said don't you lose him Mr. Frodo and I don't mean to I don't mean to and he's just like crying and you're like oh my god like Sam is the greatest freaking person <laughs> in the world um, yeah. the two moments in Return of the King that are just take my breath away and I think they're they're incredible moments one is when right at the end, right at the final push, when Sam says, I can't carry it for you, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. And he like picks him up and just starts like endurancing his way up the mountain. And it's like, mm. oh yeah, like it's just so powerful. <laughs> and the is. other, the other, and it's it's one of my favorite moments in cinema. Wow. Is during one of the many endings. <laughs> yeah. when they're in Gondor and Aragorn is finally rightfully wearing the crown and the four hobbits kneel before him or go to kneel before him and the king of Gondor looks at them and says my friends you kneel to no one and he kneels, and everybody else kneels, and it's just like I'm. I'm actually. I just got goosebumps. I just had chills like rush hmm. over my body thinking about it. It is an amazing moment. Just yeah, my friends, you you kneel to no one. Like there's you you are you are royalty for what you have done. All of this is because of you, hmm. and it's just it's it's breathtaking. It does. It does have some special moments. I'll give you that. There, 
There were some moments that I used to find special in that film that didn't didn't give me the goosebumps anymore. So I think it's uh, oversaturation. I think it's possible that might be the case. I of all the films, those three that are on my like top films to watch of all time, the third one does occasionally trickle down a bit further down my list, and it's still a great film, but it doesn't hold up as the other two do. At this day and at this day of time, and you know things change; they flip flop a little bit in my perception of them. Uh, yep. So, Carnage, okay. t- 2011 film has Christoph Waltz, has Kate Winslet, Jodie Foster, John C. Riley. Uh, it was it was a movie that was based on a play, and you could very much tell it was kind of like the Sunset Limited, where it was like that film that you made me watch a while ago, where it was like Tommy Lee Jones, Don't Samuel say Jackson. That like it was- Got, like well, I forced you to it was a, it oh, was no. a good film oh please you don't misunderstand my the way I said it but I'm saying it's I like that I do <laughs> I'm just saying it was like that in that was a very one scene film where it was mainly based on dialogue the same was with this it all was in real time four actors essentially in a room kind of just it, it was a fun fun film to see actors kind of acting just and that was it it wasn't based on you know uh, action or based on changes in the scenery or things going on it was just people pivoting on what they were kind of uh what they were acting on and acting towards and it was very interesting to see in that regard and it was familiar faces as far as the actors that we saw so it was it was an interesting view i don't know if i had absolutely recommend that anyone needs to watch it it's a very specific type of film so um, i give it a six out of ten it was it was definitely decent but uh, i probably won't watch it again the only other thing that i'm going to tease about next week when we watch something is because there's a tie to it this week it has to do with val kilmer and one of the reasons he was eventually shooed in or sought for this batman film and it will be something I watched this week, and I'll talk about it next week. Okay. And with that, I ask, what did you watch this week? Um, how, how, which Star Wars movies had I watched last week? You had watched six in the order of four, five, one, two, three, six. Right. Right. Uh, so I watched the final three. Okay. Um, and obviously, yeah, like, the, like seven, eight, nine, like no, no funny business. Yeah, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you good. think? I, yeah. What did you think I, of? Nine? I have a question to answer. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because you and I, you and I, we did the Star Wars series. We did. And then we both kind of thought that maybe it was like that nine was our new favorite when we mm. saw it. Um, and last week you were saying, you think that still holds up for you and you, and you were wanting to know my, yeah, you know, my appraisal of it. Yeah. Um, I think that it's, I think that it's still the best of the sequel trilogy. Okay. It, it's maybe slipped just below some of the others. Okay. Um, 
It's maybe, and I and people are going to blast me for this, and that's fine. <laughs> um, but I think it slipped just below Revenge of the Sith. Okay. okay. Which to me is a masterpiece. For sure. Movie. For sure. Um, but maybe just, like, like, an argument could be made that the two are interchangeable. Mm. And yeah. and sorry, Revenge of the Sith. Just for context, is that is would still it dip just below Revenge of the Sith? Would Revenge of the Sith be in the top third ish? Yeah, yeah. So the top three okay. Okay. in no specific order sure. would be Return of the Jedi, Revenge yep. of the Sith, and The Rise of Skywalker. Ironically, oh, okay. the third in all three trilogies. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. I watched two other films. So I watched five movies. Um, I've been making up for the fact that I've Mercy. been dropping the movie ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched the first Iron Man movie. Okay. And then I watched the Ed Norton, The Incredible Hulk. So mm. I will just let your imagination draw whatever <laughs> conclusions that may draw as to what it is that I'm currently doing. <laughs> uh huh. I wonder. Yeah, I, I wonder, wonder too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, wrap it up. Excellent. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Please like, follow, subscribe on all our social media links below: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, give us a good rate and review wherever you're listening. Check out our Patreon page and our merchandise page to help support and maintain the show's costs and expenses. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Uh, our shout-outs for the month, we've got Marshall, we've got Daphne, we've got Brenna. Thank you for supporting us. Um, check out the Patreon page for the perks that you can get. And consider joining our Patreon uh, page if you want to be entered into our current giveaway of three ten dollar itunes gift cards like we said itunes etc something else tbd yeah and 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 future giveaways it's not of you know, course it's not like uh one it's and not done a one no thing no well I, I, well okay the next day the next giveaway is going to be i think a one million dollar jackpot so that that might tap us out and that might be a one and done kind of thing yeah well and it's it'll take a little bit we're not quite <laughs> we'll make it work we'll, fi- we'll figure it out <laughs>